1: My name is Tracy Ariel and I am unapologetically Canadian. We are here today with uh, Rishad Kwazi, who works in the tech sector. He used to be a web developer and now he's a project manager. And uh, he lives in Vancouver, B.C. And we met because we're both members of a fabulous uh, Facebook group called Content Creators. Um, how are you, uh, Rashid? Am I uh, saying your name correctly? It's
0: uh, Rashad. Good morning, Tracy. Rashad. Yes. Ah,
1: perfect. For thank you for correcting That's me. That's okay. <laughs> Rashad, and it's quasi correct.
0: Quasi, but th- I'm not going to pick on you for that. Okay, <laughs> and. Uh,
1: Um, Now uh, you work. You said that you work in the tech sector, but you used to be a web developer, and now you're a project manager. Can you talk a little bit about what you actually do for
0: whom? So I was a web developer way back in the day, back in the nineties or so. I did that for about ten years, and the following ten years, I was a project manager um, for Microsoft. Uh, Prior to that, I was uh, working as a web developer in both Toronto as well as Vancouver, BC. Then I moved to Seattle, Washington, where I was a project manager for the next 10 years. And as of 2014, I am back in Vancouver and working as a web developer slash designer slash project manager.
1: Oh, okay. And so, what do you um? What what's your what's your daily life like? What's a typical day in your life?
0: So, at the moment, my typical daily life is actually since I have to uh, involve social media in my life quite a bit, uh, both for personal reasons and professional reasons, I typically divide my day up into approximately thirds. So it's a third of my time spent on uh, social media, a third of my time working for active clients. Um, Maybe it's, yeah, the rest of the time would be split between um, prospecting for new clients as well as uh, working on active projects and studying up on new things that are always popping up.
1: Um, Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what, what your skills are and how you help them?
0: So um, after being a project manager, I've taken more of a client-centric focus on things. So usually my projects start out with a deep understanding and discovery session um, to figure out what, what it is they actually need. Do they just need a basic brochure site? Or do they need to build up a community are they looking to sell uh, products and services or do they need a full-blown agency which will handle all of their branding and logo design and all those kinds of things, as well as run ad campaigns, etc.
1: Right. Now, you said that your job includes uh, working on social media. Um, what kinds of, uh, what kind of campaigns do you run?
0: Mostly Facebook. Facebook groups and uh, establishing Facebook presences for my clients, because. um, Sorry, do you do you actually handle the Facebook posting for them? Yes, in some cases, yes, I do that.
1: Oh no, I was just wondering if you if you can give me a couple of hints or listeners a couple of hints about what kinds of things you pay attention to.
0: Yes, so that's part of the discovery process that we do at the very beginning to figure out who who it is you're trying to target for this line of uh, business are you and what their demographics are uh where are they most likely to spend their time and do you want to present yourself as a individual or as a corporation or do you want to start a group those kinds of things Because they all have different aspects to them, as you can probably imagine.
1: And is Facebook the only one you work on?
0: Yes. Uh, I particularly tend to focus on Facebook just because of the sheer volume of users that are on the system uh, across the demographic board. I know certain um, campaigns tend to focus on different media such as YouTube or uh, Twitter, and those types of things. Uh, I've just found personally that most of my clients and most of their audience tends to visit Facebook the most. So in terms of uh, organizing content, um, I try to put Facebook as the main um, uh, facade, if you will, for how to present the, the client.
1: And so, um, what, what, how do you help them uh, navigate the, that terrain? Are are they actually doing the posts? Are you doing the posts?
0: So, ideally, since I'm not a full blown social media manager as such, my the way I approach it is, um, I guess you could call it um, some initial training. Um, show them how the system works, What, how they should properly respond to each and every query, how they should filter out bad content or inappropriate posts and that kind of thing. In other words, how to moderate their, their group. And also to figure out prior to that um, what the best way is to present themselves on Facebook. Do they want to be personality, or do they want to represent themselves as a group, or do they want to do both? I I personally would recommend both. And um, I think I was saying before, the most important thing that I try to uh, convey to my clients is that um, they need to be consistent, regardless of which platform they choose to communicate via. So in other words, posting, if not every day, at least a couple of times a week and post things that are um, focused and targeted towards your ideal audience or who your prospective leads might be.
1: Right. And so when you say both, you say that they should have a page for their business and also uh, start a group for their um, uh, their raving fans, so to speak.
0: Is that what you mean? Yes. I think, yes. If, if they have the, it, it, it varies from client to client, but um, if they feel they have the uh, time and experience, I would recommend that they do both.
1: Right. Now you have, this is through your private company, right? You have a private company that um, is a, uh, what do you call the, the company that you're running?
0: Oh the company is uh kajimojo.com it's sort of a play on my name
1: Ah okay <laughs> so yeah. what what uh because it's uh uh Rishad Kazi so Ka- kazimoto but in uh in a uh, guru sense
0: <laughs> It's cool Sort of yes
1: um, and so you're helping them only with their online, with their digital presence, or do you help them with other projects? Because I know your history is with, uh, you, were, you started in the tech sector as a web developer and then you went to project mm-hmm. manager.
0: Yes, at this point I'm, I don't do um, things such as uh, print or uh, event organization, that kind of thing. So my, my domain is strictly digital.
1: And so, are there some questions that you? uh what kind of clients are you serving? Actually, I should start with what are, are they different I, sizes?
0: Um, they are mostly small to medium-sized businesses, as well as um, solo entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, as they tend to be called these days. And
1: so, when they're when they're looking for the web presence, it's often for their own consulting businesses, or what kind of businesses are they in?
0: Uh I am currently trying to niche down towards uh nonprofits. Oh, because, okay. Uh, yes. They seem to ne- need the most help um from my observation and they they are very easy to work with. I have to admit. I have worked in uh all different uh, uh types of client scenarios and nonprofit folks just Seem to be very welcoming towards any advice that you can uh, provide them.
1: Right. And so, nonprofits, um, they, now it's interesting that you were saying that you're mostly working with uh, small businesses because uh, I was doing a, a solo show the week that we we're taping this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a solo show talking about um, business in Canada and the fact that uh, uh, basically the Canadian economy has a million employer businesses and 97. Point nine percent of them are small businesses operated by between one and five people. Right. So it's a huge uh, part of the Canadian uh, uh, economy, and not. I, I don't have statistics about what, how many, how many, how many of those non nonpro- how many of those small businesses are nonprofits. Uh, do you have a sense of how many they are, or uh, uh, how many they are in the Vancouver area where you live?
0: To be honest, no, I could not tell you, tell you that. Um, I, I will, would, I would take a rough guess at, at, at 10 to 15%, maybe.
1: Oh, okay. So there, there are quite a few of the people that you're seeing. Yes. Though.
0: And there's a little bit of a rub in the, in terms of the nonprofit sector. If a nonprofit is a, a nationwide organization, then they tend to have quite large, um, non, um, Advertising uh, budgets. So they tend to uh, gravitate towards agencies, full blown agencies who will handle their branding and their events and their websites and all of that good stuff. Right. Okay. Yes.
1: Um, so mine so, tend to be
0: local um, nonprofits such as seniors' homes and places like that.
1: Well, and that brings up one of the things that I asked you before we did this interview was to talk about uh, two projects that you were proud of, and one of them you were talking about a very basic website for a seniors home, um, and uh, and and your responsibility with them since then. Can you talk a little bit about that? What first of all, what is the uh, seniors home called? What kind oh, of basi- oh, What kind of website did they need?
0: Well, um, it actually came about through a social contact of mine, my neighbor downstairs. So it's uh, important to get out of the house because that's the way you generate business sometimes. Um, It is called uh, abbeyfieldvancouver.com. So if anybody wants to take a look, they can look that way. But um, they are a local nonprofit that's housed inside a century-old building and their model is that they are basically focused on seniors who are it, capable of independent living so it's not a uh, uh care facility or anything like that and their previous website was done seemingly quite a while ago using uh, front page i think it was uh, put together by their uh I think another one of their um, board members who was in, who was in charge of their finances. So he did it sort of as a hobby. So I was asked uh, if I would be willing to put together a better looking, more modernized, uh, mobile capable website for them uh, for pretty low cost. Uh, and I agreed to that and they were very pleased with what I did. and. Soon thereafter, I was uh, invo- invited to join the board of directors.
1: Ah, there we go, Abbeyfield, Vancouver. So, okay, good. Oh, yeah. and this is a family style living for independent seniors.
0: That's correct.
1: Yeah, and then it has uh, want to know more, and then the find us here uh, about residents. So it's a very it's a straightforward website, but uh, yep. And uh, I guess you got to talk to a lot of different people for that. Oh, and you even have a heritage building on here.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's a uh, designated city of Vancouver heritage site. Uh, I think um, back in 2012 or so, the the city wanted to tear it down and build condos, but I think... uh, the local residents in the neighborhood they wanted to preserve the building just because of, it's been there for over a 100 years so they put in a petition and uh now it's been turned into a uh, seniors residence
1: yeah yeah and it looks beautiful too i mean it seems okay. like thank a... you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lots of great pictures on here so um and so and uh, now you're on their board of directors
0: Yes and that's so how correct.
1: and you're helping them with all their technology. How are they using technology?
0: uh unfortunately, not as much as I would like them to. I did set them up <laughs> with Google Analytics, which proved to be a bit of a test of uh my skills also because i I had not uh, worked with uh Google Analytics before. But yeah, there's a little bit of uh, running around you have to do. You have to receive the postal zip code and only the person who has the actual email address associated with it is able to put in the verification code. So I had to talk them through that process. But uh, they seem quite happy with it right now.
1: And oh, good! And so things. now you're bringing them into the world of uh, you're bringing them into the world of technology, and they're bringing you into the world of service and food. I noticed yes. you were saying that you uh, mm-hmm. have been cooking and serving meals and helping out with their annual events. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, um, just to keep the residents um, socially engaged, they do put together um, events that involve the community. And they do have two, uh, there's two houses. One is a newer building that's attached to the uh, Heritage House, uh, which is the 100-year-old house. Um, So the residents are served, I believe it's lunch and dinner. Um, And they also engage with the local um, kindergartens across the street and uh, some of the churches. And a couple of times a year, they um, have, uh, I think during the summer, they have strawberry tea, and during Christmas, they have uh, a Christmas party, with a raffle, and that kind of thing. And uh, every once in a while, they'll bring in a singer who does old-time songs, you know, that that kind of thing.
1: Right, right. And so uh, you've been getting involved in the community, too. Yes. Yeah, that's... that's now, um, actually, I should...
0: Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I know that uh, in the information that you sent me, that you uh, came to Canada in 1998 as a new immigrant. Where did you come from?
0: Okay, so the short version is that I came to Canada. I arrived in Toronto 1998 from San Francisco. Now, the long version uh it would take about a couple of minutes, so i don't, don't no no
1: well yeah we we San Francisco is not a war torn country at least at that point it wasn't
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: so yeah, I'd like a slightly longer version, i think
0: <laughs> okay uh, well, technically, I was born in a country called East Pakistan. At around uh, one and a half years old, there was a civil war with uh, West Pakistan over um, language issues, um, cultural independence issues, uh, as well as basic voting rights. So there was quite a conflict that lasted about a year or so. And uh, during that time, my family basically had to flee the country because my father is a professor of uh, social planning. He had moved to uh, Scotland to finish his Ph.D. to Edinburgh. And my mother and myself, we had to flee the capital city, which is Dhaka, and go to the countryside uh, where we have a a couple of centuries old ancestral home. And that in itself was quite a story from what I'm told it involved, uh, crossing the city in a rickshaw and then, uh, catching a train and then, uh, finishing up the, uh, last part of the journey by boat. So yeah, we were, uh, um, on the run. So that was not, uh, the best time of my, of my life, but eventually after the war was, uh, uh, over, there was a new country born that was at uh, is now called Bangladesh. So people know Bangladesh; they don't know what East Pakistan is, most likely. So, at uh, w- when the uh, conflict was concluded, my mother and I we uh, moved to Edinburgh to rejoin my father. How old were you then? Uh how old was I then? So I guess. Um, Three, Almost three years old, yes. Oh, okay,
1: so you wouldn't remember that too much yeah. then, probably.
0: Uh, I have some memories of uh, Edinburgh, but not a whole lot. Right. And so after my father completed his PhD, he accepted a job at uh, one of the universities in Cardiff, Wales. So our next stop was uh, Cardiff. So I have much better memories of Cardiff because I was a child growing up in the 70s in Cardiff. And after a couple of years in Cardiff, my father accepted a job in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. So our next uh, plane ticket was off to Malaysia so by that time, I was uh, about nine years old. So I have quite good memories of uh, my time there. Um, when I was 16, we moved to... Are you getting bored yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still See, trying to get tell people I'm from Canada.
1: <laughs> no, no. So, no it, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how that stems from a war. So the wartime country is East, East, yeah. East Pakistan or or Bangladesh. Um, Correct. The rest of your um, uh, youth was in uh, Scotland and then Wales, and then yeah, uh, in
0: in short, is it was uh, in the UK and Malaysia
1: and Malaysia, and then so when did you come to Canada and how old were you
0: then? So when I came to Canada in 1998, well, you can do the math. uh, I was uh, 28 years old.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I was living in San Francisco. Prior to that, and that's when I actually start officially started my career as a web developer uh, slash designer. And so,
1: how did wait a minute? I missed a step here. How did you get from Malaysia to the
0: U.S.? Oh 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 oh. Okay. So after high school was done. Oh, I, I missed a step. Um, during my period in Malaysia, um, we actually might. Father took a job in another city right next to Singapore, so I went to high school in Singapore.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. So very different place. And then
0: what? So after Singapore, I applied for um, undergrad at the State University of New York, New York at Stony Brook on Long Island, and which is now called Stony Brook University. So I completed my undergrad in computer science and my master's after that in educational computing. But at the time, I was not interested in either of those. I wanted to be a game developer. And the gaming Ah, industry was on the other side of the country. Yes. So I took a little uh, cross-country jaunt um, in my rickety old car which thankfully stayed together. And I came to San Francisco. And that's when a a little company called Levi Strauss uh, wanted me to help them build their intranet. So that's a corporate internal internet uh, web network of uh, sites for their various departments worldwide. So at that time um in the mid 90s um the web was fairly new to most people so um it was it was a good time so after 3 ah. years in san francisco i applied for immigration to canada i had uh, quite a few friends from high school who had moved to the toronto area plus i had uh, quite a few family who've been there for a long, long time, so they're pretty well established there. So I took a flight to Canada's shores. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, you would have been coming. You were coming to Toronto, so that would have been on Lake Ontario. Yep. But uh, and uh, and and so, what were you doing at that time? Were you still a web developer? Yes, I was. Okay. Yep. And so who are we working for there?
0: So there I was working for a much smaller but not um, small. It's still considered a medium-sized business at the time. It's, it's a company which has dissolved since then, since the dot-com crash, which came soon afterwards. <laughs> it's it, oh geez, yeah, okay <laughs> I, I think the company was called relational solutions and they were acquired by Microforum. forum anyway um so I, during my tenure in toronto i was sent to vancouver on a business trip uh for a week's worth of training um and i just fell in love with the place right away you know i just felt really at home which um take it take take it how you will i i, I liked it a much uh, a lot better than uh, i did in toronto and at the time my right. company right.
1: Uh, no i and what was it that had attracted you to it i mean what about vancouver do you love
0: oh just the uh the, the, at the time this was the late 90s still um Just the uh, combination of the um, open space that you had there versus Toronto, which uh, you're in the the, uh, Toronto area, I take it? No, I'm
1: in Montreal, but I used to live in Toronto, so I know Toronto quite well.
0: Uh, Yeah, Toronto always felt suffocating to me, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Toronto folks, but (laughs) that that was was my (laughs) personal experience. And having come from
1: Where did you actually live? In in Toronto, where oh, did you live? Good
0: old uh, Young Street. Young and uh England. Oh you lived on Young Street, okay? Yep. And my job yeah, and England was England. also in on on Young Street, downtown Young Street. So I just hop on the uh the go no, not the go train. The metro or whatever.
1: The subway there. Yeah. Yeah, the subway. Mm-hmm in Toronto it's a subway. <laughs> anyway, so then what, what made you go to uh BC? Well, I, so you you this business trip made you fall in yes. love with the place. And so um how did you uh so you wanted to trans I assume you don't have any significant others, no one in your life you have to drag along no, with you? No, at the
0: time no. Yeah, at the time so, no.
1: Okay. <laughs> and, and so then you got to Vancouver. You basically did you just you sort of quit well, your job and go, um, or did you get a
0: job first? The, the catch was, at the time, um, in the late 90s, my company was large enough that they also had a branch in Vancouver. So I told my boss, hey, I'd like to oh, transfer okay. to the Vancouver branch. And he, he said, yes, sure, I'll write you up all the paperwork and recommendations and give you a patent on the back and uh, send you on your merry way. So I packed up all my things and uh, decided to take a little cross-country drive again.
1: Yes, in that in, same uh, November old
0: vehicle, two thousand. Oh, <laughs> actually, I had changed vehicles by then.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it was still an old one. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you like older yeah. vehicles? Yeah. And then oh, none no, of this no, paying no. for the uh, uh, sticker
0: shock. I don't do that. But, um... (laughs) So how long did it take you to drive across the country? I wanted to see Canada. And uh, I drove across the prairies. And, um... This was in November, mind you. So, not the brightest thing I've ever done. But thankfully, I made... Did
1: you hit Um, any snowstorms? A
0: couple. But thankfully, I had the... uh, Wits, my wits about me, and uh, I decided to pull into a motel for the evening instead of uh, trying to you know, face the blizzard. <laughs>
1: um, it must have taken you a
0: while to just get through yes. Ontario, too.
1: I mean, that's a pretty large, it's a pretty long, I, uh, uh, a long trek yeah, across I, the I northern think, Ontario, uh,
0: too. Thunder Bay and places like that took me about if not a day, at least two days, because I I wanted to take my time yeah yeah when and, I, tra- uh, I traveled stop
1: for people who don't know Ontario. I mean, it's uh it's from Toronto to North Bay is already uh, what four hours, Ooh. and then North Bay to uh, Sudbury is another roughly six hours, and then Sudbury to Vancouver or to Sudbury to Thunder Bay is at least six hours if you're lucky. So it's a, it's a long trek. Yeah. Just that part. Uh, Do you have anything that you remember particularly about that trip?
0: Everybody uh, who I met at any gas station, motel or whatever, they were just so nice to me. They were like, Oh, I see you're from uh, Ontario. Uh, How do you, how do you like uh, Ontario and how come you're uh, driving across and so on and so forth? Yeah, they were just super nice.
1: Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, anything? And you stopped along at just various motels and hotels along the way. That wasn't a time where we did. uh, uh,
0: No, no, uh, Airbnb was much or anything twinkle in somebody's eyes at the, at the time.
1: Wasn't yeah. even born yet.
0: So I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, uh, I didn't <laughs> stay at the fleabag yeah. motels, no, no decent motels. There's plenty of decent places around. Right, right. Yeah. Korea. And you basically set up in Vancouver. That is correct. For the, uh, dot as com as crash. pretty much within three months of my arrival in Vancouver, I, I, I told them, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, Take my time, find a decent place to live, and uh, I will rejoin the company in about three months. And by that time, I got a company-wide email saying, we're closing up shop and uh, bye-bye. So, yes, that was a bit of a what? Wow. (laughs) Oh, so, no, <laughs> yeah, I spent so. the next uh, six months or so technically unemployed, but I made good use of my time. I went through some retraining and I ended, ended up uh, working for uh, University of British Columbia as their webmaster for the next what, three or four years. And that's when I got a call from a little company in Redmond. You might have heard of it. And uh, they asked me if I'd like to come down and work for them as a web developer slash project manager. So that's the Seattle part of the journey. Yeah.
1: Ah, okay. Yes, I did. So did you actually move down there?
0: Uh, oh, okay. I stayed so how long did in... You stay? Seattle from 2005 until 2013. So quite a while. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you enjoyed living there as well then? And uh, then, now, then you came back to work for. Oh, no, no. This was uh, before I
0: joined with Microsoft. So my previ- previous job was at UBC Forestry as the web ah, okay. co- coordinator. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Ah, so
1: this was before, okay. So the Faculty of Forestry at UBC in Vancouver. So you were saying, because uh, just for listeners' sake, um, you uh, oh, yes. are very proud of a, um,
0: yes, of a, at, a uh, web UBC development forestry. project that
1: you did there.
0: So it was, I don't know if Um, How should I describe it? I guess it would be classified as a very simplified, straightforward, easy-to-use system to manage uh, faculty profiles and biographies and uh, academic publications. So uh, I think it's been taken Does it down still exist and converted into WordPress but the ideas behind it are oh, okay. still there
1: right right because I, I mean yes. I know that faculty uh, usually like to keep track of their publications so and so that's what it would. and so um, do you have any have you taken that particular project um, and redone something similar anywhere else? Or does it give you any insight into um, some of the social media work Well, at the time, there now? was
0: not as much social media. I think that was the, the time of MySpace and things like that. Um, so to be honest, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, so at the time, is, there was nothing that else so proud being of done uh, that compared to it um whenever somebody one of one of the faculty wanted a page put up, they would go to the uh webmaster for that faculty and everything looked uh, different for every person you you went to and uh every faculty had their own design, so it was kind of chaotic, so I feel like i i i yes
1: oh okay, so it was the organization. Yeah. Ah, so that was probably useful then in terms of uh, now you're mm-hmm. basically trying to take that organization uh, to small businesses and pr- particularly non Yes, nonprofits. that's correct. So. And uh, one of the questions that I always ask people is about how they feel Canadian. So with all of this, I mean, you've been, If you were there till 2013, you've only been in Canada again
0: for. Well, uh, uh, this year, so um, 20 years now.
1: Not even five years.
0: Um, Yeah, in November, it'll be. Oh, no, actually, September. Oh, 20 years. Yeah, it's it's, it's just a little over 20 years. And I.
1: And so, um, what made you come back?
0: Uh, my position at Microsoft had been reassigned. That's, that's the corporate term for, uh, well, we decided that uh, this division is going to shut down and uh, everybody's going to be moved over to some other project. And they didn't need as many project managers at the time. So that's when I came back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but you could have stayed in the States still, right? You'd been there long enough. Um hadn't you? So what made oh, you want to back Well it was uh, to basically
0: here? uh visa issues. Yeah. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah, I was that Yes. Oh okay. Yes, that's correct. Because you were a landed
1: immigrant. So,
0: you also a landed? Ah, okay. Yes I was and so, uh, but, but weren't I, you also I, a landed a immigrant in Canada? Soon after. At that time? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. And so when you came back. I decided to take a little bit of a break and figure out
0: what it is I wanted to do because, quite frankly, after almost a decade of doing project management, I was getting a little bit burnt out of filling out uh, weekly reports on how things were going and doing the same presentation week after week. So I wanted to get back to more of my roots of uh, solving technical problems and uh, also addressing or getting in touch with uh, some of the artistic sides of uh, web design, um, designing things that are both uh, functional as well as attractive, if I can put it that way.
1: Um actually can you give us a couple of tips about uh oh, how you do that a, in a digital That's kind of a big format? question.
0: Um well my personal approach to um most design work is minimalism. Not too minimalism, not too minimalistic, but enough to get uh the user engaged, involved and make things Stupidly obvious. That's that's the uh, cl- neatest way I can put it. I, I see a lot of websites that are just way too busy. They, they have way too many things going on, way too many little distractions. And uh, it, it, if it gives me a headache, I, I tend to just shut it down right away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at your Abbeyfield, Vancouver thing, and it's like basically there's two big buttons, one learn more, one contact us, so there's no question of what people are expected to do on the page. However, if you go down farther, there's a donate button, and then there's also if you want to know more. But the uh, the thing that I liked about Mm -hmm. it is that the address and phone number are pretty easy to find if someone's looking for it. The pictures are pretty obvious. You know, the two houses are Mm -hmm. there, and there's a woman, there's a resident. Picture of a woman who's there, and then yes, also the that, that's exactly aspect. what they wanted. It's pretty straightforward,
0: and uh, I, I I was correct, yeah.
1: And that fits with your philosophy. Um, uh, let me just say, It seems to me it's I've only looked under at your construction, Facebook page. But but it's, you
0: have uh, a business website So right right now it's just my corporate logo and uh,
1: so you're busy that's it. that's it. Uh yeah, no it's still actually um, publicly you still mm. just see the basic template for WordPress.
0: Okay, I'll have to look at that.
1: Alright, so, thanks. But uh <laughs> but i'll well, put it in the show notes so that anybody who wants to look at it can see how far you've got i mean this is not being published for another week and a half two weeks yeah, almost so maybe it uh, we, we uh something up there or people
0: talk can about back sometimes and look. in the uh, web developer groups that i'm in it's the old uh shoemaker's children syndrome mm-hmm. yes
1: no i know the feeling my blog is uh has very little on it now that I'm not sharing some of the <laughs> writing. It's like for crying out loud, you're a writer. You should have a lot more stories than that. <laughs> but it is uh, right. It is a little bit about you do things and that's for your clients. Another one not of those yourself, things eh?
0: that you can do during your downtime in yeah. between no, clients no, is work on your own site. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. And uh, but in terms of your philosophy, so it's uh, basically simple. Is uh, so how many uh, is there? Uh, uh, simple is better, and obviously you're worker. It like is that. the
0: most popular content management system slash blogging tool. There's some argument about whether or not it's this or that. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's 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 the giant elephant in the room. So that's what I gravitate towards the most, it just makes life easier but um, there was a quote I can't oh, remember okay. who said it, make things as simple as possible but no simpler I wish I could recall who said that I can look it up but uh, yeah and mm-hmm. uh
1: so basically, so you want things, you want things to be yes. straightforward, but That's not a so way to that it. people get bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually have I, mean, to uh, that I mean, true minimalism
0: there. would just be a straight up yeah. black and white yeah. page, which uh, does the job, but uh, the e. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yes.
1: Exactly. no no good uh, good visuals are important too and now these days audio is seems to be coming more and more important too so uh uh, people are saying that it might be worthwhile putting a Mm -hmm. you know um, some audio topics on your Mm -hmm. website too uh which is part of the reason for podcasts like this so now as you know the podcast that i'm doing explores canadian identity so uh uh, you made it very clear that you consider yourself a Canadian. Can you tell me what that means to you and uh, what, what? As somebody yes. who's traveled um, all over the world, you could have picked anywhere you wanted to At the time when
0: live. I was uh, considering leaving the U.S., that was way back in 1998, I, it was a kind of a toss-up between Canada and Australia. And after doing some digging, I thought, you know, Canada is a is a great place. Um, at the time, I believe it was uh, Prime Minister. Um, was it at the time? Anyway, nineteen ninety eight. It was. Nineteen ninety eight. Well, okay. Well, what the One thing that's that always important? impressed me most about Canada, I'll put it in a nutshell, is the welcoming nature of the people. Um, it is uh, comprised of people from all walks of life, from all different ethnicities and uh, stories, just like mine, who've uh, lived all over the world or have ties to Thing, uh, places all over the world, and you you, you get a much uh, richer sense of that in Canada versus my experiences living in uh, uh, different parts of the U.S. Um, as just as you just walk down the street, you see people from everywhere, uh, whereas you may not see the same thing in in the U.S. And the, and for a person like me who's like you said, grown up all over the world that's that makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel like I fit in like I'm not uh, you know sticking out like a sore thumb, and even if I, if I did I've lived in places where I stick out, but um yeah you're just a regular person. You're just treated like a regular person. You have the same rights as uh, anybody else. And uh, I think it's, quite honestly, when I travel abroad with my Canadian passport, it just gets you a different level of uh, acknowledgement and respect from people. People will, uh, it is. And that's a good feeling. I don't Isn't know if anybody so. can uh has experienced that but that's been my perception. Yeah,
1: accepted being accepted with open arms.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes.
1: And uh um uh you said that you became a Canadian citizen uh after you came here. When yes. did you do that and can you tell me a little bit about the uh the journey?
0: Yes, that was a uh, a mixed day of emotions for me personally. Um, at the time I was still working at UBC. Um, and I had two bosses. Uh, I hope he's not listening to this, but anyway, I'm just going to say it. (laughs) So one of my bosses was, and still is an awesome lady. The other one was, uh, not so nice and uh, on the day of uh, my ceremony he refused to give me uh, the full day off oh, so i showed up to <laughs> yeah can you imagine no so i i showed up to the office and with, uh, wearing a suit and tie which i did not usually do and everybody asked me hey what's what what's what's the deal and I said, "Well, I'm becoming a Canadian citizen today. I'm taking my oath of citizenship." And uh yeah, we had a impromptu little party for me before I left for the uh the uh city hall down, downtown.
1: Oh, wow. And so his uh so yeah. his uh, nastiness turned out to be a bit of kindness.
0: <laughs> yes, it was it was uh, um it was put put over by the, the uh, other folks in my group of uh, colleagues. So wow. that's, that's an example.
1: Isn't that wonderful? Hey, it just, which exactly shows what you said that being Canadian was all about. What a mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful story. Thank you very much. And thank oh, you very much welcome. for telling me a little bit about your uh, life in Canada and your uh, evolution to becoming a uh, small business entrepreneur serving nonprofits. Great. Thank you for listening to Unapologetically Canadian. This episode was brought to you by Notable Nonfiction. Notable nonfiction teaches people to grow through their own ingenuity. Find out more at notablenonfiction.com.